0: This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 27, a roundtable discussion on the cool features we discovered at ANSYS Products in 2018, followed by our regular updates from the world of ANSYS and PADT. Hi there, I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners here at PADT, and welcome to our podcast. I hope everyone out there in the U.S. had a great Thanksgiving. I know that we did. Lots of very good food was consumed, and here in Phoenix, the weather was outstanding. A little bit about the podcast, we're up to around uh, 7,783 downloads, and uh, that's over 26 episodes, which if you do the math, is about 300 per episode. So we're holding steady. We've been stuck at about 300 per episode for a while now. So um, we asking you to get out there and spread the word. Uh, tell more people about the podcast. Um, share it on social media. Tell your friends. Tell your coworkers. Send an email. Uh, I do want to thank also our loyal listeners that do, uh, do listen. We're not going down, so we're doing something right. And um, let us know how we can do better. Then you can send an email to podcast at padtinc.com. And let's get on to the podcast right now. Uh, we've got a really nice, great discussion. I was lucky enough to be joined by some people from our tech support staff. Uh, as you know, if you've been listening for a while, they've just been slammed in tech support all year long and haven't been able to make the podcast most of the year. But uh, we carved out a little bit of time to get together in our seminar room here and have a discussion about things we loved about ANSYS products in 2018. So kind of looking back on the year, what was a favorite feature, what was a favorite capability we discovered. Um, I learned a few things. We had a lot of fun talking. Uh, we, we were wondering how we were gonna fill 10 minutes and we ended up filling a lot more than that. So please do uh, listen and uh, hopefully you'll find it as entertaining as it was for us to do it. Thanks. Okay everybody, welcome to our discussion with some of our uh, tech support engineers here at PADT. Um, it's, a, it's a busy time uh, right here. at the So I guess it's the last day of November, right? The 30th is oh. where we're recording this. And uh, some people are off doing some user group meetings or visiting customers or doing technical support. But we, we managed to scrape together three people. Uh, <laughs> the bottom so of the barrel. The, no, no, I wouldn't say the bottom. <laughs> I would say, you know, anybody we can get here is good. If we can get more, it's always better. Um, it's been a kind of a common theme all year on the podcast that we've been swamped in tech support. Um, with new customers, old customers hiring new users, and lots of new features and things, kind of a perfect storm, and we got more territory. So these poor guys have been super busy. Things are, I think you guys are kind of seeing it kind of get back to normal, or is it still, is the new normal just a lot more? Working? Yeah, I think the new normal the is new just normal. a bit higher. Than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, really busy. Uh, I know that we've set a lot of records in tech support, uh, a number of calls. But what we're here today to talk about is, what we liked about Ansys products in 2018. Um, we we did this last year. We talked about what we liked in 2017. So you can go back and listen to that podcast. And then uh, in the new year, we'll talk about our predictions for 2019. And we'll the fun part is we will we'll review what we guessed last year and see how that came out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have to go listen to it and see how far off or how far on we were. But what we want to talk about today is just you know what do you guys like that came out in 2018. I'll I'll get started. This should be no surprise to anybody that listens to our webinars. Um, Oh, thank you. Joe is is pointing out the fact that we haven't introduced anybody. So uh, before I start talking, uh,
1: this is Tom Chatwick. I'm one of the CFD support engineers. Mm
2: -hmm. This is Joe Woodward, senior mechanical engineer.
3: This is Nathan I help with the IT side of uh, ANSYS. Okay, great. And I'm Eric
2: Miller. Um,
0: Sorry about that. I don't have a script this time, so this is all uh, unprepared. So my big thing, and I just did a webinar on this this week, um, is the Ansys Additive suite has really matured. So we can model metal 3D printing using a laser and a powder bed process pretty well now. We've been using it. We really like it. It's a very useful tool. Um, You know, listen to both uh, Doug did a webinar about it in more detail about the Ansys products, and I did one about how uh, how we use it here. Check those out if you're interested. It's come a long way. Uh, good works. Yeah, this, it's really been a positive one. So Tom, what about you? What's something you want to talk about? Um, I'm the big the big thing that's happened in the last year is that
1: they've uh, finally started working on updating the GUI for. Uh, fluent mm-hmm. and adding more capability to it Yep. Um, the GUI for Fluent is basically the same same thing that's been there for the past 15 years mm-hmm. and they've updated the meshing <coughs> streamlined the process they've added in a whole new functionality to it called the mosaic meshing which allows you to do uh, TET meshes polyhedral meshes um, hex core meshes and combinations of those, mm-hmm. um, which allows for much faster running, uh, reduces mesh count and still gives you good fidelity results.
0: Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and we'll come back, hopefully, I think it, uh, Trevor's got on the schedule to come back and, and sit down with all of our CFD users here and really dig into Mosaic. Um, we're, we're still finding all the cool features there, but it is a big step forward in meshing. It is a big step forward. Yeah. Um, the good thing is it's compatible with the
1: the other tools. I myself have built a 80 million cell tetrahedral mesh uh-huh. in it nice. and been able to
0: import that mesh into CFX. Cool, cool. So, so it's, all, it's all working. Um, yeah, we'll come back and talk about that, hopefully, in, in a lot of detail. I, I like the fact that the GUI has changed um, I think a lot of new, a lot of old users were fine with the old GUI, but we were finding that a lot of newer users, you know, they wanted everything in one window. They kind of wanted more of a modern look and feel. So um, the functionality hasn't changed, but the,
2: yeah. how you get to it is much more modern. So yeah, good feedback on that. How about you, Joe? What do you got? Uh, well, there's a bunch of things, but uh, component motors, modal synthesis, yeah, is now fully supported. Nice. And uh, within Workbench, within Mechanical, uh-huh. so. Uh, you just right-click a few times and, and you know, generate your, con- your condensed parts and mm-hmm. then use your uh, solve it and then expand them back out again all within mechanical you don't need any uh, scripting or anything now. That's that no scripting
0: next, is really sweet yeah. so component mode <laughs> synthesis for those that aren't familiar with it is a methodology that's been around forever uh, back in the day we didn't have any memory in computers in order to solve a large structure, we would substructure. We create a reduced order matrix uh, for each of the components, and then you use a modal superposition method to uh, basically calculate the deflections at where everything connects together. And then you can use those deflections to go back calculate the deflections within the part. And I mean that's how the the aerospace industry has done it using an unnamed program whose initials begin with an N. Uh, and it was one of the reasons why a lot of people wouldn't leave that code because <coughs> they needed component one synthesis uh, to do these large structures. Now we've really maybe leapfrogged. I mean, I'm not an expert in CMS, so I don't know. We'll have to get it, uh, one of our na- old Nastran. I shouldn't say old Nastran. <laughs> we should get someone that in the past used Nastran. They aren't necessarily old, um, and see what they think uh, from a feature standpoint. But I know that that's one of the the last holdouts for for those, those crusty old... Uh, uh, what was it called? M. They had a they had a name for the, their scripting language they used to do the matrix okay. math involved, um, and uh, it's good to hear. So it's fairly yeah. easy to use. Yeah, it's all all supported right in mm-hmm. the right in the mechanical. So if you're doing large structures, take a look at that um,
3: and uh, give it a shot. It's pretty pretty cool stuff. Hawkman, what about you? So um, I come at it from a different angle from a installation usability point of view from the IT side Mm -hmm. and the biggest advancements that I see are how mature the entire suite of tools that ANSYS has rolled out has become in terms of installation coexistence Mm -hmm. uh, setup issues uh, licensing issues there's a lot of refinement happening there and the other big thing is with uh, high performance computing and cloud Support where you see more and more cloud providers coming on, more and more adoption mm-hmm. for cloud uh, simulation coming up, coming along, which from from a big picture sh- shows that simulation is becoming more mainstream, becoming Good point. a bigger stream. Mm-hmm. That people want want the simulation process to be uh, to start earlier on, not have five people in the corner office doing the simulation. It's actually Starts from the three D printing, like you talked about additive, mm-hmm. and take that into you know HPC large model simulations, and then post you know post production you do failure analysis and things like that. So the 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 lifetime or, or the existence of where simulation comes in starts much earlier and a- mm-hmm. ends much later now, yeah. Yeah. which draws on IT. So a lot more people are using it.
1: Yeah, I mean it used to be the that doing any kind of real serious analysis required a major investment yeah. in hardware. And now with cloud capability, it's much easier for companies to step in and start doing more complex analysis without making
0: that investment in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of right. compute hardware. Yeah, you, and you had to be sized for your peak usage, right. which may have been twice a year, so now you can you can size your in-house capability for what you do day to day, and then then use these these cloud solutions. Um, that's that's, and that's the other point. Yeah. The
3: other bit about investment with uh, Discovery Live, mm. you don't need to invest in the skill set to be able to use simulation to be able to the start point. seeing results. Right. You have a product where you drop in a model, put in some forces, and you get results right then and there. If you're not building, you know turbine engine or you know something very if, if you're just trying to design a bike helmet on, yeah. on the surface level you could do it in five minutes right yeah,
0: yeah that's a that's a great segue because that's what I want to talk about is I can't remember when Discovery Life came out I think it came out it in was, 2016 right it was that introduced was I think first in 2016 16. but it really kind right. of it came to its own mm-hmm. in 2017 it was really cool we got all excited about it and we're like okay well, let's wait for more features and it's it's really a useful tool now um i know that i've i've played with it in our so so part of my responsibilities is is taking heading up the uh product development team so they're 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 the target market right they're they're right. really smart design engineers and they've gotten a little spoiled in that they can they have a you know a world-class simulation team in the cubicle cubicles around them so they they'll often send work to our consulting team for ansys but um uh, now they're doing more and more upfront, quick and dirty simulation using Discovery Live, just right there, in like it's supposed to be done, right in the middle of designing a part. You right. know, it's not like okay, the part's done, I'm gonna go check it out. It's hmm, I wonder how, how how thick this needs to be. We'll go find out. Right. Uh, I wonder if the fluid's gonna get stuck here or not. Go find out. So. So I'm really pleased with the maturity maturation rate. Maybe that's a fancy word of Discovery Live, and can't wait to see when they as they add more capability and physics to it. I think that's going to be become more dominant uh, out
2: there in the marketplace. Uh, anybody else got another
0: thing they want to talk about?
2: Okay. I well, we got one. The yeah. uh, uh, for the meshing now they have mesh copy, so that if uh, you're doing multiple parts yeah. that are all the same, you set your meshing up on one. Mm-hmm. And it meshes that one and you tell it, okay, here's a mesh copy from that body to these bodies and it just copies that mesh around. But the mesh is associated to that geometry. Nice. So, so it's, it's not really just a
0: mesh copy, it is <coughs> it is linked to the surfaces, the lines,
2: and the points, right? The, the vertices. Right. Nice. That's very nice. But it saves the meshing time and it definitely saves you time in trying to set up, mm-hmm. you know, the, right. the amount of time it takes to, to set up all the controls for the different bodies.
0: Plus, it was always kind of frustrating, like if you're doing a mole analysis, you get a slightly different mold, mode, a f- different frequency, right? If the mesh was slightly different oh, in right. different parts. Right. So this way you get a uniform mesh across the board, too. Yeah. Same with stresses would be maybe a little bit off because the mesh was a little bit different refinement. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't realize I was in there. That's very useful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tommy, anything else? i
1: um, trying to think of other things that have really come out in the last year. I mean, they've made a number of improvements to the um, <coughs> to the CFX solver okay. in terms of speed mm-hmm. and parallelization, mm-hmm. and um, this is the other major improvement is more in terms of the turbo machinery applications, right. but they've done a lot of work with uh, harmonic analysis and oh, good. the ability to do that kind of analysis quickly. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, That's for the full for blade, right, where you, you model uh, one
1: blade? And right, then, yeah. yeah. I mean it basically allows you to model a single blade mm-hmm. in an entire assembly right. Right. and get the modal shapes or get the, get the frequency response of the parts. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, if you haven't seen animations of that, uh, I think if you, if you just Google Ansys uh, CFX full blade rower. I don't know what you'd have to look for. We should probably put that on the blog. We, we just had a meeting with one of our larger customers where they were showing off some of the new features that you're talking about with, with the, this full blade analysis. And the, the animations are just stunning. You yes. do more than one stage. And then right. you know, it's, like it's like a stator and a rotor. So for those who aren't turbo machinery people, the stator is the part that stationary that kind of directs the air into the turbine and then the turbine itself is the is a spinny bit that uh, extracts power and uh, you know seeing those and they have different blade count right so right. that was the thing that I you know this just kind of amazed me from a math standpoint so it's it's gorgeous stuff yeah very useful too um, that's pretty cool um, did you, you wanted to talk a little bit about our experience with Nimbix that's kind of gone well, right?
3: Yeah, that's that's another uh, point of maturity when we started our our internal effort with mm-hmm. trying to do Infrastructure as a service kind mm-hmm. of thing or Ansys as a service mm-hmm. The amount of battles that we had to fight to get something that is somewhat usable was ridiculous mm-hmm. and to come in and see on the market multiple vendors and uh, mm-hmm. The, the most successful of which that we've seen is Nimbix invest multiple, like millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. to produce something that simply works. Works nicely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Usually when you say cloud, IT people just want to find the nearest door. <laughs> it's usually it a, a lot nightmare. of work for you. It's yeah. a nightmare. But Nimbix has done such a great job of upload your file, pick your licenses, oh you want to use your own licenses let's carve out some of your own and they charge you by the second and th- there isn't any weirdness or any kind of scammy oh well you use two seconds of the next hour so we're going to charge you for <laughs> the rest of the hour or you know stuff like that yeah, so. you went
0: over on your disk space so we're going to hit you with a penalty f- yeah it's yeah. very straightforward the pricing yeah
3: it's it's designed for engineers who want to get the job done yeah. and J- jarvis right that's the name of that's their the name
0: which I still don't quite understand how they get away with that that way uh, whoever owns the, uh, <laughs> I guess it's Disney now that hasn't sued them right but um, it's it's pretty cool interface the little I played with it and, and then talking to the engineers that have used it it really is kind of like wow this is easy so it's, it's, it's the way you interact with the tool
3: uh, pretty nice stuff um, and there are some other players coming in the market, so again, that's promising mm-hmm. f- for the entire field of mm-hmm. well-designed, engineered products that it's catching on, it's becoming mainstream.
0: Right. And we'll get Cena on
3: in the future. He's
0: been playing with the uh, the new Ansys offering, the Ansys cloud offering, uh, which is, you know, Ansys has got a multi, multi-faceted approach, like they always do, you know, to meet the different needs. They have so many different customers, they have different mm-hmm. needs. So the, the ANSYS cloud is looking very good as, as a really quick and very easy way to get search capacity from your desktop. Um, I mean, it's it's looking like it's just a matter of click here to solve in the cloud versus click here to solve on your desktop. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah. It's
1: basically you set up an account on mm-hmm. their cloud service mm-hmm. and then in Workbench you just tell it, mm-hmm. okay, I want to solve on the cloud on mm-hmm. a large Yep, this is what I want to use. This yeah. is a large model. This is a medium model. This is a small model, mm-hmm. and it goes off mm-hmm. and runs.
0: So, it's so we'll definitely. Uh, and I'm not quite clear on where the status of that is. Uh, if, if it's fully released or it's still in, I think it's still in beta test. So we'll come back and talk about that. But like, 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 I'm saying, it's just really nice to see the maturity. You know, okay. We've been, we've been kind of trying to get cloud f- for databases to work with HPC, right? And right um, the cloud providers and the software people on the cloud side have kind of figured out, wait, HPC is a little bit different, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> different hardware, different software. Uh, and, the, and it's really nice to see. So it's, it's a definitely something everybody should take a look at. Uh, anybody got anything
2: else? Uh, last thing I was going to say is on the mechanical side. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen a, a few graphs that always show the, you know, the number of processors in the HPC and, uh, they're shown fairly linear out to like 256 cores on mechanical solve on mechanical solve. and which
0: solver is that the PCG or the uh, yeah or? I think
2: so PCG, the, the yeah. PCG the distributed nice. PCG nice and uh, in the wow. past we always said well it kind of tapers out at like 16 cores mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, and you, you start losing effect after that but now now they're really getting up there on the structural side. So you can-, you can It's always into, been it's high on the involved. CFD side. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Structural guys have always been jealous. It's <laughs> like
0: <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> so we, we kind of we peeked out, um, you know, at first it was like eight cores and it was 12 and then we like 24. Yeah. So now you're seeing in the hundreds actually, right. you're seeing pretty linear. And, and the GPUs are getting better. If you, can, if you can find one that the Bitcoin guys haven't, haven't bought off the market, but uh, GPUs help as well. That's a really good point. So you know, building bigger models, greater fidelity, getting your results back faster. Hmm. Um, this HPC, I think, yeah, if we if we had to come up with a the theme for the mechanical side in two thousand, I think maybe even the CFD side for two thousand eighteen, it might be m- m- maturing on the HPC side. Yeah, I, think I think it's a, it's it's kind of like not, it's not, it's it's kind of standard been, now. It's yeah. been it's been
1: caveman status for mm. a long time. <laughs> where it's Slow and painful, and yeah. hard to get models set up and mm-hmm. systems set up to yeah. run HPC. And it's now finally becoming okay, just pick what you want to solve and how many cores you want it to solve on, and the system goes, goes up. off and does it. And it's to me, it's been frustrating because I've I mean, I worked at a company back in the early 90s uh-huh. that had an HPC system that would go out and find. Open processors. Oh yeah, one of on those on the internal network. Yeah, and you just told the job, I want to run on this many cores, and it would go out and, and query all the desktops. They had a in name for that. What was that
0: called? That was some some sort of a, something. They had kind of a clever name. For yeah, that. I, I don't remember. And what then hope need. the designer when he comes back in the morning doesn't well, shut off the they? machine and kill yeah. your job. <laughs> well, the system
1: the system I uh-huh. I worked with it would. It would regularly query the computer. Okay. And if an, an interactive process started on that computer, mm-hmm. it would pause okay. the job on okay. that computer and then move it to it's a, a different core that was empty. All right. So the system
0: would yep. continue to run yeah, we used to jump through some serious hoops.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Don't then, they call maybe, those botnets now? <laughs> yes, maybe. I think that's what they're doing now. Right, right now, they're,
0: they're, they're mining coins probably or sending political <laughs> propaganda. <You never laughs> <know. That's, laughs> we used
2: to have, uh, whenever uh, somebody got a new computer at my yeah. old company, um, there was always the IT guy to bring the new one. <laughs> And a CFD guy standing next to him to take your old one. And <laughs> they just put it in the big room and cluster. had them all to yeah. together, yeah, to yeah. add to their that's,
0: cluster. That's just right. It's like when you, you just grab any machine and put it together in like a, a poor man cluster. But, uh, yeah. but even there, you know, yes, InfiniBand is amazingly fast, but now we can run 10 gig, right? Um, 40. 40 gig. And now. there's 100, but it's not mainstream yet. So, so this is just standard Ethernet, yeah. not special. Interconnects with special software. It's just connecting computers together over Ethernet. So mm-hmm. the technology is really coming along in it, the HPC. Side. It's
3: leaving the the you know the big university lab in the basement that's you mm-hmm. know churning out these technologies, and then now you could go and buy you know Windows 2016 server mm-hmm. and order the HPC pack, and it's got a scheduler, it's got you know resource manager, and Ansys talks to it and it works previously you would have to go and you know get stuff that throws off all the warnings in the browser you know
0: well Well, that that's actually i'm glad you brought that up because uh, a big surprise for us and and part of it's because of our uh, our history some of our histories as apple fanatics but the fact that microsoft hpc is mature now Yeah. yeah um in the past we would we would um i don't know how to quite say it politically correctly, but we would recommend that customers use a Linux solution for HPC, um, and and we would spend a lot of time fixing and trying to get Windows ones to work. It just, it, again, it was not, It was mm-hmm. it's getting their head around the differences between HPC and other applications, yeah. and then they figured it out. Yeah. It's a nice solution. Yes, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is.
0: It, it may even be the preferred
3: HPC platform unless you're on a giant cluster exactly it depends depends on the number of nodes mm-hmm. uh, you don't want the overhead to choke mm-hmm. you know the resources Linux on larger nodes with the ability to you know image nodes and reset the cluster with a mm-hmm. push of a button and all that is still the champion yeah but for small clusters small engineering teams nothing crazy you know up to 16 20. 30 nodes maybe, mm-hmm. Windows still makes sense. Other than, and then the cost of buying the licenses still plays into effect. But once you grow beyond that, Linux is still the champ. Well, and, the, and, the, and finding someone that knows Linux
0: that can manage your cluster is something that a lot of our customers face is that, you know, it's kind of like we'll set it up for them and, and literally we want to put police tape around it and say, do not enter. We'll be back in two years to, to upgrade it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with Windows, the IT department doesn't have to be afraid of it anymore. They they right. can actually manage it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a really big one. Um, my problem in this whole discussion is, after thirty some years of using these tools, I'm not quite sure when the new features came out anymore. <laughs> they didn't. It's starting to blur a little bit. Yeah. When, when did the new help system, the on the the web based help, come out? Uh, that was last 19 year,
3: 2019. Oh. 19,
2: yeah. So yeah. that was that was in this that
0: was this year. Yeah. This yeah. Year. It was in January.
2: Yeah. That's what I thought. So, so, You can still download the, the local. I, I, did. I'll, I did. I'll be honest,
0: I downloaded the local one because I was like, hmm, you know, I've been, I mean, I, I used to have the yellow binders, and it took me a long time to get used to the online. Okay, <laughs> I've totally switched to the web-based because the search is amazing. Yeah. And I love the fact that, it, yeah, you can create a lot of tabs, but it creates all these tabs. And so I don't have to go back and forth and, oh, I want to go back to that one that I searched before. You know, every time I do a search, it creates. Need to do that on the local. You can do it on the local, but it just—I don't know. It just—I don't know. I, I like it. I like the fact that I know that it's going to be up to date if they made any revs. Um, I don't know. I feel maybe I feel like maybe it's just an emotional thing that maybe I've graduated to the to accept the internet in my aunts' life. Um, I just know where most things are on
2: the local.
3: Where <laughs> I know how many clicks down. 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 Yeah. yeah. Gonna take me four clicks to get there. Ahead, Again, we'll just it. like the rest of the product the online help it's a leap mm-hmm. to you know free up two or three gigs off your hard disk and get yeah. out of the installers but it's still first generation online yeah i'm sure that probably end of next year it'll it, get better and better it will be yeah. amazing yeah. but the search i really i mean i, I do like the,
0: the the platform that it's on and the search whether it's local or in the web the search is really powerful yeah. Um, I mean, I because because I'm not in Ansys hardly as much as I used to be, and so I forget stuff. So I gotta look it up. I remember stuff that I shouldn't, but I, I, there's <laughs> basic stuff. So sometimes I just gotta go refresh my memory, and and the help. You know, if you're not using the Ansys, if you're not having the Ansys help open and using it all the time, you should. It's really good. That was that was kind of a, a little thing that I really liked that they changed. Um, I, I'm just I'm just pleased in general with how every point release or release they come out with, stuff that we used to have macros for turns into a command or yeah. an option. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna
1: say the, the one thing, I've been experimenting for the last couple of weeks with a model for a customer, mm-hmm. and they're doing a transient operation with uh, water injection. Okay. And. It used to be that if you created an isosurface to define the boundary between the air and the water, right, that isosurface was a static isosurface. Ah. So you could do you could do uh, cut planes through mm-hmm. the model and be able to view how the volume of fluid would move through it just by looking at the cross section through the cut plane. Okay, But you could never represent a three-dimensional surface and have it transiently change as each time step of a mm-hmm. transient model runs. Mm-hmm. But with this latest model that I'm running, mm-hmm. I realized that the ISO surface is now updating every nice. time step. And you can actually plot it. And, and you see can actually it. plot it in three dimensions right. and watch how the boundary between the air and the water changes over cool. time. And this is fluid or CFX? This is fluid. Fluid. Very cool. And it's very it's cool. something that's always been always been kind of a limitation of the mm-hmm. code is that you couldn't dynamically update mm-hmm. that surface. Very but cool, now you huh? can
0: dynamically yeah. update the surface. I like that. Yeah, yeah that's cool. That's very interesting. Um, anything on the post processing side? Anybody want to bring anything up? I, I know we're learning and using Insight more. Yeah. I mean, Insight is one of those things that
1: they, for those that don't know, ANSYS this year bought Insight. Mm-hmm. Um, it and it was maybe it was last year. Uh, it was last year, but we started last really year. using it. Man, we right. right.
0: started using it this year. Yeah. And everything blurs so together.
1: Yeah, everything, <laughs> blurs. Yeah, everything <laughs> blurs together. When did that happen? But uh, as. Probably next year, I would imagine, they're going to start more fully incorporating the capability of Insight into Workbench.
0: Yeah, it'll be, it'll be better integrated. In fact, uh, I sat down with Clinton and went through it because I wasn't that familiar with it, I think, two or three podcast episodes ago. Yeah. So everybody should take a listen to that if you haven't already. And the, the big takeaway for me is I always think of Insight as a CFD post-processor, which is an outstanding high-end right. CFD post-processor. But it's a multi-physics post processor. Yeah. So if you want to do some advanced post processing and mechanical, it's it's there. You can read yeah. your mechanical right. result in and, and do all sorts of cool animations and can do and I believe math. it can do
1: like uh, LS Dyna work with LS. It works LS so Dyna as well. So you can do yes. crash simulations and actually watch and talk about an interface that hasn't
0: changed since I used to program interfaces. Right. The LS dyna, yeah. LS Post um, is 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 a, is, a, is, a, is made, still the standard for late '90s. Uh, how many buttons can I fit on a page? Uh, <laughs> interfaces. <laughs> so uh, it's a great tool for that. Yeah. 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 I mean, to be able to simulate a crash and watch in real time mm-hmm. as the yeah. as While the deforms. Yeah, yeah. well, it's running too. Yeah, so it's de- the insights definitely, uh, although not is new necessarily this year, it really came into
2: its own this year. All right, as well as have the the movie of the car as it drives up to the wall. Yeah, oh, right. You can have all that, and then the simulation starts, side by side. starts to occur. Know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some
0: it's of the animation crutch. capabilities what we're learning about in there are pretty cool. So if you get got test data uh, and uh, your simulation data, you can put them side to side, right. which is pretty cool.
3: Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Um, what else?
0: Anything else? Anybody got?
3: One of the uh, Cooler things that I like is emerging technology, how ahead of the game some of, the, some of these tools are, like mm-hmm. the uh, autonomous vehicles, the oh, the, yeah, yeah. the computer vision yes. tools that came out mm-hmm. with, I forgot the name of the product. Optus is Optus, the company so
0: that was acquired. Yeah. Uh, again,
3: maybe maybe
0: that was this year. That was, it was this year, was this yeah. year. And true. And we've gotten a couple of demos of it.
3: Yeah. LiDAR, right? It's, it's oh LiDAR, God. yeah. It's, it's, it's all weird. the... You know the Google self-driving and mm-hmm. and, and uh, Tesla mm-hmm. autopilot and all these things. Now instead of having to wreck 15,000 cars to <laughs> to get enough uh, <laughs> data, you could actually it, or using multi-physics to simulate the spinning laser yes. and, and and the sensors and everything and get trying to get all of that. You know studied down mm-hmm. into a model that you could, you know, get actual results or design points from, you actually have a product that does it A to Z. Mm-hmm. You tell them yeah. what you're looking for, you set up your problem, and you get actual results from a single screen. That's a good point. We get kind of
0: in the weeds sometimes and we don't back up and look at these new technologies like IoT, autonomous vehicles, antennas. 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 Yeah. There's so much stuff out there that, you know, when you're buried doing antenna design, you forget that well, this is a new smart device, you know, a smart meter or or something like that. Or it's it's for LiDAR, for a car to avoid running into people. Um, And we can model all that stuff now, it's pretty pretty neat stuff, Uh, you're right. Now, we're going to try and learn much more about the Optus tool uh, as time goes by. Um, Tucson, for those of you who aren't here in Arizona uh, that don't know, uh, the University of Arizona is kind of the world leading optics place. and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, what's that? Yeah, babe, yeah. Oh, I forget, <laughs> Joe. U of a. Yes. Um, so it's they call it the optics valley, in fact, because uh, everybody has to call something the valley, right? Um, so it's, it's the optics valley, and it really is. Um, and 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 we haven't been able to really do a lot of simulation that we'd love to help some of those customers down there do because Ansys just didn't have an optical solution. So we're, we're excited about looking at that and uh. You know, not just the lidar side of things, but their the ray tracing is pretty cool um, to to for lens design and things
3: like I, that. I saw a simulation for Optus <clears throat> that was doing uh, lighting design mm-hmm. for like construction for for a, mm-hmm. a site, designing the LED bulbs mm-hmm. to give the maximum light for a walkway. And I was sitting there, I was like, "That's pretty far out from you know yeah, <laughs> where, we, we where we started. We yeah, started
0: <laughs> from." From uh, for those who don't know, John Swanson started writing the predecessor to Ansys at Westinghouse for a nuclear-powered rocket. I don't know if you knew that. So the the, the idea was that they would use a nuclear pile to superheat steam and use that for thrust. And uh, that's in order to model that. As you would imagine, they needed to do some pretty sophisticated simulation, and that's how uh, John John started that. Now look, we are we're we're modeling uh, parking lot lighting systems, which is value there yeah um, they should have used it in the front of my house. We got a new LED light in the front of my house and it's like daylight yeah. at two o'clock in the morning It's <laughs> <laughs> the call and put one of those shields up I think um, what else? That's a really good one oh, I think, I, I think they were, we're all kind of blurry there was a, I think you know tech support <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, 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 the, that's the calls um, well, what, 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 what I mean, just
1: just the fact it's it's heartening to see ANSYS not only take an interest in new technologies, yeah. but in trying to integrate all this stuff together Good into point. One, one big platform. Um, I haven't seen much of these new tools get integrated into it, but Ansys is doing a lot of work mm-hmm. on reduced order modeling. Yes, So modeling entire systems and mm-hmm. building detailed models of subsystems and then integrating them into an overall Top-down, top-level system model to be able to
0: get you uh, results for the entire system in fast, very fast. Yeah, that's that's definitely something we want to come back and talk about it when we talk about predictions for the future, because that's definitely yeah. where a lot of this is headed, and we're yeah. seeing it. We're seeing it happen now. But a lot of the details are getting in place now, and um, you know the foundations are in place now. So I'm excited about that too. And you're, you're right, you know they're not just buying companies and saying, okay, we have a new product to sell, go out there and sell it. Um, right. and, and I will tell you as an Ansys reseller, they do tell us to go out and sell exactly. it, but they don't just sit on the existing product that's purchased. They, they get the, it's, it's kind of surprising for an organization as large as they are, when they do acquire somebody, how well, um, if you haven't been close to development or even the business side of things, it's, with, with Ansys and other companies, it's usually a mess. It's usually a just a political, technical, operational mess. And it, and it certainly is not uh, painless, but they, they kind of figured out how to do it at ANSYS and they, and they don't rush it and they take their time and they do it where it's where, usually where it makes sense. And I, you know, like I think, yeah. you know, seeing Insight, you know, yeah, I would love to have had it in Workbench a month after the acquisition, but I'd rather they take their time and figure out First of all, what technologies can we use in other ANSYS tools? And then how do we integrate it with with the, the project pages and with, with Fluent and, and you know the, the GUI people over on the uh, electronics desktop side helping the Fluent guys figure out how to update their user interface. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens. Which reminds me, the one thing we forgot to talk about because as usual, Michael, our, our electronics guy is off with a customer, um, is a lot of movement on the mechanical desktop, not mechanical, electronics desktop, yes. which is the platform that the electronics tools kind of run in. Um, we're seeing IcePack is making its way over there. It's It's been it's been released over there. You can run IcePack in the electronics desktop. And what that means is um, a user interface that's oriented towards electronics packaging, one, and the geometry handling. That's, I think, the biggest advantage is you can, you can bring in the, the, you know, electronics guys don't know how to do CAD. It's just a 2D drawing. And often not an accurate one for them, so <laughs> it's a pain in the butt. So it's nice to be able to import that in and clean it up. So I'll, I'll I hopefully we'll get Michael to come in and talk in the next one, but I know that he would definitely point that out as a cool new thing. And I think also, I think he would also talk about how HPCs improved in HFSS. I, I know that that's been something he's mentioned to customers when I've been around. So uh, the same same thing.
3: What, one of the final things that yeah. I, I'd like to add is the trend that we're seeing with how design companies or engineering companies are spending their money specifically when it comes to to, to our work, technical uh-huh. support. We, we help with the ANSYS side and the tech support team here, I don't know how they do it, the number of calls that they handle. Uh, but from my side, supporting people, getting things installed, the new trend is they outsource IT. Yeah. And I think, I'm not sure if the ANSYS realizes it or they just decided to make the installation easier. It's a lot easier to interface with the outsourced IT who has no idea what the software yeah. is. This is totally new to them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the buttons.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <Installer, laughs>
2: well, that's a, I got a new box and I installed all the point releases from 12.1 to 19.2 in, wow. a, in a day. Nice. Yeah. So you got you got to see how that's evolved over time. Right. That's how that installation. Right it's much easier, much faster now. (laughs) Uh, It used to be, you know, oh, I got to reinstall ANSYS. Okay, there goes six hours of my day. Uh, But now it's, you know, it's half hour and you're done.
0: I can definitely tell you how that happens is they look at the data, you know, everybody talks about big data. And of course, ANSYS has got a huge amount of data from tech support calls that they get. And they sit down and they look at the data and they go, holy crap, we've got a lot of calls around installation. Yeah, it's It's... Yeah. out of proportion for a, such a sophisticated code that you know doesn't have a lot of bugs, but it's, it's, we're doing some hard stuff. There's bugs in there every once in a while or things don't uh, behave as we expect them to. So you wouldn't expect installation to be such a, It's a big yeah. deal, yeah. Um, yeah. and they're addressing it. So it's another kind of kudos to them that they, they don't just say, well, it's a bunch of stupid IT people yeah. or it's users trying to install and not using IT. Um, they've addressed it.
3: And, and it's not like fifteen different installers to get something done. That's the other thing that's nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Download what you need, mm-hmm. run the install. You could, if you're smart enough, you could consolidate that and have it run all at once, mm-hmm. and it's literally a next, next, next finish kind of yeah. installation. So
0: that's that's really really powerful. Um, last new thing I'll bring up is the uh, online store for custom applications. Uh, is it called the Ansys App Store? Store, yeah. It's called the Ansys App Store. They redid it. If you haven't been there recently, it's they they did it on a new platform. It's the same e-commerce platform that uh, you can buy Discovery Live on. And so they they liked it. It's a great platform. So they went ahead and moved the store over there. Uh, I think it's easier to find stuff. It's, it's a little bit cleaner. Uh, and the process of getting uh, even a paid, and most of the apps are free, but getting a paid app, um, all the licensing and everything is there online. So they really streamline that uh, take a look at it you know if, if you want to write an app and share it with the community it's a great resource for that um, and uh, that's my last thing I think anyway, we, we pretty much exhausted the topic I'm sure as soon as we walk out the door we're all going to think of three things we wanted to
2: mention but the, right. these are the big ones
0: all right well thanks for coming guys anybody want to words of wisdom as we go around the table
2: sure mine is uh, I, I learned this this summer you know you always go um, in mechanical, if you want to do a box select, you got to go and hit the little drop down and say box select. Uh-huh. Uh, I was at the mechanical summit, and, and i Hank click, click. Wait a second. Wait a second. I, 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 <laughs> and I stopped him. I stopped him in the middle of his presentation. I'm like, wait, what'd you do? And if you hold down your right mouse button and click the left, it'll toggle down that list. I did not know that. No. And I said, oh, you finally did that. Oh, awesome, great. When would you put that in? he looks at me funny and goes, uh, 12? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's so true. Uh, how about you, Ahmed? You got anything, words of wisdom or parting shots?
3: Uh, words of wisdom or parting shots? Or uh, a joke. Or a parting joke? <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> My kids have been... Speaking of new tech, we we got the Google Home thing, and uh-huh. the kids have they walk by it, and they're like, "Google, hey Google, tell me a kid's joke." And uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I there. I was like, "What happened to the old books?" You know, the little. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, one hundred and one jokes <laughs> that you yeah.
0: can tell your parents. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, you?
1: Oh, I would just, just reiterate, reiterate what what Joe said: is that um, don't ever get comfortable with the tool. Don't assume something's there or not there. Um, just keep experimenting with it, keep playing with it, there's a lot of capability that's being added, if you think something's not there, look through the release notes, Mm -hmm. you never know when something that you've always wanted will be added to the tool, they are adding stuff all the time, Um, so and if you can't find and it, call
2: us. Call us, yeah, yeah that's what we here call for. Support call support mm-hmm. and say, I'd like this in the code. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, yeah. We, and we may find so out
0: it's that it's already there yeah. and let you know, or we may uh, get it in the request list and it'll show up in one of those release notes in the future. Yeah. 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 Um, my my parting shot is actually, I want everybody to um, Google Wombat, or you can use, the I shouldn't say Google, you use the search engine of your preference. Um, wombat poop. And the reason why is I found this fascinating, fascinating article in National Geographic that a friend sent me. I did not know this, but wombats have their poop is a cube. It's actually flat on six sides. Um, and the, and 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 it's hilarious and it's wonderful. And there's a researcher at Georgia Tech, uh, Jeff Strain, if you're listening. Great job, go go hornets. Um, they. Um, that this woman who who specializes, his PhD, I think she's a professor student who specializes in bodily fluids. There, um, researched, found out about this, and researched it, and, and then did some really cool testing. And I think they should have used simulation. I gotta tell you, she could have gotten her answer much faster if she used simulation as to how they make it, and that has to do with the elasticity of their of their uh, colon. It's actually kind of forget that it's poop and it's wombats. It's actually really cool. So. Um, have a little bit of fun. Google. You can go to the Nat Geo article. That's the best one, uh, uh, and they got pictures of it as well. Um, <laughs> and share that with your friends and family. Um, it's funny and it's kind of interesting too. And at some point, that's going to come up in a trivia contest, and I'm going to know the answer. Okay. What animal has cube-shaped poop? Wombats.
3: That's that'll be a good uh, you know seller. You know. Get a wombat poop thing in a glass jar. Yeah, I'm surprised, actually. It's not <laughs> so you can buy it. The, it, it I'm probably really surprised. Somewhere in somewhere Australia. In Australia. <laughs> yeah, I
0: bet if you go to Australia, you can buy. Because yeah. I know you can buy kangaroo poop when I was last there. So they probably added that. So anyway, on the uh, we're going to finish it on a high note with wombat poop. Uh, everybody, if we don't uh, sneak another episode in before the end of the year, everybody have a great end of 2018. Enjoy the holiday season. And uh, stay stay warm if you're in a cold climb, and we will see you in 2019, believe it or not. So, thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, we hope you had fun with that. I, I did, too. I, I'm just listening to it again. I learned a few extra things in there. So, I really like that format better when there's a bunch of us talking, and uh, we all agree it's better, and we're going to try and do more of that in the coming year. So, hopefully... 2019 to calm down a little bit and we'll be able to do that. Um, Let's take a commercial break, sell you some stuff, and we'll be back to talk about events
5: and news. Dave, you know that sending simulation work outside can be very difficult.
4: I sure do, Linda. It's so hard to find someone that knows how to conduct simulation that also understands our products and design needs enough to add value. How do you know you have the right partner? You are so right. That is why so many companies turn to PADT for their engineering simulation
5: needs. They are experts in structural, fluid flow, thermal, and electromagnetic simulation. They know how to drive design with simulation because PADT has been doing it for over 23 years, and some of their staff members have been building and running models for over 30
4: years. That's a lot of experience, but let's be honest, working with a lot of outside providers is like throwing your projects over a wall. You send it, wait, and then get a number in a bill. That isn't what most people need.
5: You hit on a key difference with PADT's team and why they have been doing this for so long. They have the technology down, but they also know from experience that constant and smart communication with customers is critical. And when they get done, instead of delivering just a number and pretty plots, they provide insight into the physics and behavior of what they are modeling. It really is like having a group of experts right there on your team.
4: That is comforting. You can get burned without that. So I know I'm being kind of a skeptic, but simulation can be expensive and budgets are tight. So I want to make sure they really are a good solution. My last question is, how on earth do they stay so up-to-date on so many things?
5: Yes, their capabilities are kind of overwhelming in breadth and depth, but the answer is pretty simple. Besides doing simulation as a service, they are an ANSYS elite channel partner. They have to sell to and support over a hundred customers. This gives them exposure to every ANSYS product and almost every industry and application. You really can't find that anywhere else.
4: Okay, Linda, you convinced me. If someone needs to get some simulation done, how do they get started?
5: Easy. They can email info at padtinc.com. Call 1-800-293-PADT or visit www.padtinc.com simulation. Someone from their engineering team will get back to them, usually within a day, to talk about what you need done. Cool. Thanks, Linda. Anytime. So what are you working on anyway?
0: So um, on the event front, <laughs> there's not really a lot to talk about. It's the, it's the end of the year. We don't really have anything ANSA specific scheduled. Uh, we, uh, Trevor's working on our webinar schedule, and hopefully uh, in the beginning of the year we'll be able to share that with you, and you can always find out what's going on by going to our website and going to the slash events page. If you're listening from Tucson, um, you should have gotten an invite, but if you didn't, you're invited to our uh, annual, second annual uh, customer appreciation event down there. We're going to be in uh, down da- downtown in the old part of town in a, a place I think it's called the Rusty Monk or Moldy Monk or something like that. Uh, it's a happy hour. Um, you're invited if you're if you're from Tucson and you're one of our customers or prospects or know us and you're listening to this podcast. Um, come on down. Uh, check out our website for more information on that. That's it for events uh, in the news world. Uh, the ANSYS stock price, of course, is still being uh, driven by market forces. Um, it's Today, it was sitting at uh, early in the morning on December 6th. It was sitting at 153 a share. It's going up and down quite a bit. Um, you know, since this general downturn in the market happened, ANSYS has been down to 143.8 and as high as 169.68 um, and everything in between. And I, I expect it to just continue to do that as time goes by. Um, my... My totally uneducated comment that I wrote down in my notes was, whatever. I have no idea what's going on with the market. It doesn't seem to reflect what's going on with the company or the products. But, oh well, it is what it is. Um, other news in the Ansys world. Uh, Mark Hinsbow, who is a, a senior guy over at Ansys, Inc., accepted the 2018 Innovator Award from the Pittsburgh Business Journal. And it was said that it was created, he, he got the award for creating uh, Discovery Live in the in the article I found online about it. I, I know that uh, he accepted it for his team, um, but he was a driving force behind getting that product to market. Um, it's a it's been a I know a baby of his and a product that we really enjoy. If you listen to the first half of this podcast, you know we really enjoy Discovery Live, and uh, a big congrats to Mark and the entire Discovery Live team for really did, they really did create an innovative product. It's going to change a lot of things as time goes by. We're really Excited about it. Um, the other bit of news to share is you should have seen that Ansys developed uh, what what we call an open file format for compact thermal models. So I want everybody to applaud uh, wherever you are, unless you're driving. Um, that's a big deal. Um, if you've done thermal simulation on electronic components, um, that's what this is for. So you may have a package that's electronic in it. You know, it takes in electricity and generates heat. Uh, what is it? And it, it sends heat to the rest of the system. What, what does that that heat flux look like? They you build a basically build a model, find an element model or find a difference model. You run it of a detailed model. You run it and you you figure out what the what the how it behaves relative to the inputs. You create a reduced order model basically, and they call it a compact thermal model. And so they've come up with a format for that so that people can plug it into, um, uh, you know, the, the most common tool is the Ansys IcePack product but there's other tools out there that, that you can, now that we've got a standard format out there we can plug it into. Um, it looks like Intel, uh, who's one of the bigger customers of Ansys in this area, um, helped drive that format along with other unnamed customers that were part of the effort. So it seems like it's not just they came up with this, out of. in fact, I know they didn't come out with this on their own. They worked with everybody to make sure it worked for everybody. And um, well, as soon as we get details on, on how to use it and how to set it up, we'll share it with everybody on the podcast as well as on the blog. Um, this is a nice thing that will, will help people share their models, uh, vendors and suppliers and everybody uh, be able to, to share this information. Something we've been doing in the mechanical world and other parts of the electronics world for a while. So this is pretty cool. Um, articles out there worth noting. Uh, Ted Harris here just published a great article on using lattice optimization in mechanical and then creating lattice geometry in space claim. So very cool capabilities that are relatively new, I think in 1902. Um, so if you, you know what lattices are, they're kind of this uh, webby structure inside your metal part, or your plastic part for that matter, um, to reduce weight and still give the stiffness. You can also distribute uh, density that way. It's really kind of a cool thing, and um, but kind of complicated to do without these kind of tools because you've got literally thousands of surfaces in these lattice structures. So to get an idea of what I'm talking about, go ahead and go to our blog and search for Lattice and find his latest article on the topic. And there's some great pictures showing you the structures that he created in his test model. And it's just a step-by-step, you know, how to set up the optimization, which basically defines the density and stiffness of the lattice that you're using over over a three-dimensional space. And then that's interpreted in Space Claim uh, into creating the actual geometry that you can then 3D print. So neat stuff. Uh, on the ANSYS blog, there's a, there's a lot of new articles. Since we haven't really talked about articles in the ANSYS blog for a few podcasts. So there were quite a few. Uh, definitely check out the uh, go to the ANSYS page, and then About, and then ANSYS blog. Or I think it's blog.ansys.com as well. And the three, my three favorite, I like to pick three favorites to share with everybody, is uh, the first one, <clears throat> because I'm a command line kind of guy, is multiphysics simulation faster through the command line. And it looks at the new system coupling 2.0 capability for doing multiphysics and give some background on that and how to use it through the command line to do uh, really cool multiphysics simulation. Second one I liked is how to keep electronic components cool with CFD and thermal network modeling. So if you're not aware of it, IcePack, of course, you know it does CFD um, and thermal simulation on a mesh, but it's also got um, a network modeling tool, a thermal network modeling tool. So it's a 1D tool for a thermal network. And um, if you're not aware of that, you should definitely check out this article. And even if you are, check it out to, to learn what's new and different. And uh, so you don't have to model everything. You can, you can use maybe this new file format as well to get other people's components in there and just model with a mesh the parts you really care about. So there's, some, uh, there's also a link in there to a very useful tips and tricks webinar that ANSYS put out on using network modeling in pack. So if you're doing any kind of electronics thermal modeling, check that out. And lastly, uh, kind of on the same bent of talking about what we were talking about here, is topological optimization makes the weight melt away from automotive design. And I picked this one because these are real parts. These aren't brackets or test parts. These are real automotive parts, and it shows how they use topological optimization to create um, a manufacturable part that reduces weight and still gives you the strength and stiffness that you want. So check those out. And that's it for today's podcast. Um, hope you found it useful. It was short and sweet uh, um, at the front and back, and we, had, we put all our time into the discussion in the roundtable. Um, if we don't talk again, everybody have a great holiday season and a fantastic new year. Don't forget to subscribe uh, to PADT's newsletter at Um And we'll see you uh, before the end of the year. We should do one more episode, and then we'll see you in 2019. Always don't hesitate to reach out and uh, let us know what's going on. Thanks a lot. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Ansys Podcast, episode 27. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Ansys Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog. And please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.